the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Are you ready for some football? A Monday night party. Hey, Why in the world would Rob Black be talking about the business of football? Because the NFL is the richest sports league in the world. The average team is worth $957 million. Now, this poll is about a, a year old. Now, the average franchise is worth over a billion dollars. Not too shabby, right? The Dallas Cowboys are the highest worth franchise. They're the single most valuable sports franchise on the planet. Dallas Cowboys are worth about $1.6 billion they were to be sold. It's a pretty good investment. It was a pretty good investment. I'm not going to say it's a great investment going forward, but it's, it's going to hold some value. Why is pro football so money-oriented? It's the most profitable sport on the planet. In 2006, the mean operating income was $17.8 million on $200 million in revenue. Television ratings have slipped in the past decade. The NFL still beats the daylights out of the NBA. Well, in fact, they beat the daylights out of the NBA, the NHL. Soccer on each and every platform that you can imagine. Baseball is not relevant anymore. The NFL, wildly profitable. Nearly three out of four Americans watched an NFL game last year. That's a stunning statistic. Let's talk a little bit more about the money in the sport. Average salary in the NFL, give you a second, what do you think it is? Average salary, you've seen some of the good players, you've seen some of the bad players. About $770,000. Not bad. Now here's the problem. Average career in the NFL, if you're going to play on the gridiron and suit them up and smash each other in the mouth, it's only three years. So that's $770,000, you're going to pull in over $2.2 million. You better have a financial plan. In 2008, the average salary was 720000 The Steelers have the highest median salary at $1.1 million. The Packers have the lowest at 440000 meaning the Packers overpay their stars, and the Steelers spread the wealth. The Redskins have the highest payroll right now at $123 million a year. And again, they still are profitable. Giants have the lowest payroll at $76 million. Average NFL salary, if you were to average out everyone who's overpaid, underpaid, and not just the median, called the mean, $1.4 million. Now, again, NFL player only lasts three years on average. It's not long. Typically, they've got brain damage and bad knees and bad hips from all the banging that they've done to get to that NFL level. I don't think you could pay me to play in the NFL, to be quite honest with you. You could pay me to do a lot of things, but not play in the NFL. League minimums, 
hundred and eight thousand dollars. Nineteen ninety five, the league minimum was one hundred forty nine thousand. In nineteen ninety six, one hundred ninety six thousand with no guaranteed contracts. Now in this day and age, just ten years later, twelve years later, thirteen years later, jump from one hundred ninety six thousand all the way up to seven hundred seventy thousand dollars. How much do you get if you win the Super Bowl? You hang around and play the playoffs to get to that Super Bowl. You get $73,000 if you're on the winning team. You get $38,000 if you're on the losing team. Winning team also gets a fancy ring. Get a phone call, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Josh and Marin. Josh? How you doing, Rob? Good. What's up? Hey, I was just, uh, I'm a recent college graduate, and uh, I've the last student loans. I was wondering if you had any recommendations uh, for somebody I could talk to that sort of specializes in student loan consolidation or something of that sort. Yeah, there's a good website, savingforcollege.com, and it also covers what you should do with your student loans afterwards. Have you consolidated your loans yet? Because you get that one golden goose chance to do it. Uh, no, I haven't. And what I was wondering is I, I know that you have that one time, and I'm getting ready to do that pretty soon. I just want to make sure I do it right. Rates are pretty low. I'd go to savingforcollege.com, and I would also call your old college and see if they've got any advice or any um, areas that they can point you to. Um, I, right now, it's the rates are low, so the consolidation time is, is good. Rates as in how low, roughly, do you think? I don't know. It depends on what loans you got in the first place. Yeah. So, I, mean, I have a mix of, of some private and some federal loans. Yeah. And, you know, the rates are all over the board. You're going to definitely want to get the federal loans consolidated. And if you can get the private loans consolidated, you're going to want to do that as well. So savingforcollege.com is a good site to get a little bit more information on this. But I'd also call your old college's um, um, financial services division, and they'll give you some good insight as well. Uh, do you watch football, Josh? Yeah, yeah. You a giant, uh, you Niners fan? You a Raiders fan? What are yeah. you? Yeah, Niners fan. Try to be. Okay. So if you were to guess 1 through 30 – where do you think the Niners come up as far, one through thirty-two? Where do you think the Niners come up as far as franchises? What they're worth if they were to sell it today? They would sell it today. Yeah, out of thirty-two um, teams, I would guess somewhere somewhere in the. I would I would put them in the top ten, probably uh, not, around ten. I would say not even close. They're twenty seventh. Really? So, yeah, they stink. Um, you know they have five Super Bowl rings. But you know what? They don't have a fancy new stadium. They play in a dump. And franchise values, believe it or not, are tied towards the stadiums and how much revenue you can pull off that. So the Niners pull in $214 million in revenue, and their income off of that is about $20 million. Now, the Raiders are the only—well, there's two teams that lost money last year, the Seahawks and the Raiders. And the Raiders are dead last. They're in 32nd. They lost about $6 million. That, that's no surprise to me. You know who's the most profitable franchise? Uh— well, not the one that's worth the most because the Cowboys are yeah, worth the most. Uh, I don't know, maybe the New England Patriots, I'd say. Believe it or not, the most profitable is the Washington Redskins because that area, Washington, D.C., it's the eighth largest media market. But they don't okay. really, they didn't really have baseball for the longest time. Their, their hockey team kind of stank for the longest time. And they love their football there. So, and, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, thanks for the call, Josh. Good luck. Thanks for your help. Yep, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up, I'm going to do a theme show. I don't know when, next week or the week after, or maybe the week after. It's going to be all about college, funding college and paying off college. One thing I want to throw out at you, Josh, real quick, is don't prepay the federal student loans. They're incredibly low interest rates, and you get to do a tax deduction on them. 
I waited till I was 35 to finish paying off all my college expenses. I didn't rush anything. There was no need to. It was all tax deductible. It was largely tax deductible. It was a low cost loan. I was able to, you know, save more money from my retirement versus paying off a loan. A lot of people want to pay off a loan. Yes, you save interest rate, interest payments, but you lose the ability to earn income and you lose time. The money doubles every 7.2 years on your side of the balance sheet. Keep that in mind. So anyway, let's get back to the NFL, the National Football League. Um, I was going over who just won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl winners gets a $73,000 bonus. Top paid players in the NFL. Steelers quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. Again, this might be slightly old because this, these are 08 numbers, and I know Eli Manning just signed a big mega deal, so don't hate me for giving slightly old data. But the highest paid of 08, the season that just ended, um, Ben Roethlisberger at $27 million. Now, Vikings defensive end Jared Allen comes in at $21 million. Wide receiver for the Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, $17 million. That's not bad. bad year's wage. Falcons running back guy named Michael Turner, $16 million. Giants guard Chris Snee, $15 million. Eagles cornerback Asante Samuel, $14 million. Patriots wide receiver, who the Raiders gave away for basically a bucket of chicken, which could have been the worst trade of all time, $14 million. Now, again, Randy Rott Moss didn't really want to be a Raider. I don't think he believed in the Al Davis Raider Nation way. Maybe it was not the worst trade of all time, but pretty darn close. Flozell Adams. Who names their kid Flozell? I could get naming a chick Flozell, but I can't get naming a dude Flozell. Cowboys offensive tackle. He makes $14 million a year. Raiders top defensive tackle, Tommy Kelly, 13.9. Well, Raiders two Raiders are in the top ten. Jamarcus Russell at sixteen point nine million. And Tommy Kelly at thirteen point nine. This is the make or break year for Jamarcus Russell. He's going to be the most overpaid, bloated quarterback of all time if he doesn't come through for them. Elsewhere on this list, Terrell Owens, $13.7 million. Eh, who cares about these people? Cowboys uh, quarterback, $12.8 million. He who dumped Jessica Simpson. You know who I saw in an interview the other night? Ashley Simpson. She's changed a lot. Like when she was 15, 16, she was annoying as, as all heck. But now she's like this. She's got this guttural growl. She sounds like Batman from the Batman movie. And she's actually kind of, she looks pretty good looking woman. She's aged well. Let's go to David in Castro Valley. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. David? I got to tell you, I don't know if you could give that number any faster or not. <laughs> you make it hard to get, to get it straight. 800-345-5639. So anyway, I'm a, I'm a realtor, and I had a, a client approach me. They're upside down on their mortgage. They're behind on their payments and, uh, you know, looking at foreclosure. They're also headed for bankruptcy, and they asked me if they should do a short sale before going into bankruptcy, if that is a good thing or a bad, and I didn't know what to say. Um, good questions. Good questions. Do you know if they have a recourse loan or is it a non-recourse loan? It's a California primary residence, uh, so I would I think is that it, means non-recourse. Is it their original loan or have they taken money out? Uh, it's the original uh, purchase money. Okay. Uh, they have several loans, but they are all... Uh, purchase of the property okay um the second loan probably is not going to be a good one to short sell off of so if they've got a first mortgage and a second mortgage you're probably going to want to lean towards foreclosure or bankruptcy but if on your original loan the first loan and if you put 20 percent down or 10 percent down short selling is the way to go because one thing president bush did before he left office in 07 is said 
if you short sell your non-recourse loan, you will be forgiven. You won't be 1099. If you or I, David, um, have a $40,000 credit card debt and it gets written off, you know, the bank says it's unrecoverable. We're going to write it off. The United States government sends us 1099 that year and says we earned $40,000. Exactly. And you pay taxes of about 15000 on that because you're in a super high tax bracket all of a sudden. So I would say because they have a second involved, I would go with the foreclosure or I would go with a bankruptcy. Um, a bankruptcy attorney would be the p- first person I would meet in this type of scenario. And they got other debts and other problems, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. big time. Um, so so no short – even though the second would probably take pennies on the dollar, no short sale? I doubt it. I'd let the um, – I would let the attorney make the final call on it. Um, yeah. They may not take pennies on the dollar on a short sale. Okay. So, because keep in mind that second is a recourse loan because you didn't have enough money to put down on the original home. So you used a second to come up with down payment. So in theory, let's say Bank of America has it. They can sue you for that second loan that you're defaulting on. Wow. So that's not considered a purchase money and so protected? No? No, no. Only that first loan is. That second loan is recourse. Okay. Um, oh, uh, have you heard anything about? Uh, they they said somebody told them, of course, that uh, the non recourse only went up to five hundred thousand. Are you at all aware of a limit on the non recursivity? <laughs> Typically, it used to be four hundred seventeen thousand. Okay, so I there don't is a limit. Yeah, there. Yeah, but I don't know if they've changed that because, as you know, conforming loans. Yeah. Um, are what. Conforming Fannie Mae loans, the 417 is the non-recourse level, but they have changed the jumbo uh, value of it. I don't do enough. I don't go bankrupt all the time, and I certainly don't <laughs> do short sales all the time. So, again, I would consult with the bankruptcy attorney on that, and um, that's where I'm at with that. So I don't want to give bad advice. Thanks for the call, David. Yeah. Hey, so, you're welcome. Bye. Thanks very much. 800-345-5639. Coming up, I got more football. We're going a little off course with football. If we get way off course with football, talk about Walmart. No, no, no. I'll talk about Sears. <laughs> 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. You can find me online, talk910.com. You're listening 910 AM. More stimulating talk. You're listening to Rob Black. 910 AM. More stimulating talk. I'm doing an NFL show all about the business of the National Football League. You're listening to the Super Bowl Shuffle. It was a rap song recorded by the Chicago Bears football team prior to their appearance in Super Bowl blah, blah, whatever it was. They were a mean team back then. They were. Um, they had the eye of the tiger, to use a, a generational reference tied towards the generation that they were a mean team. Uh, Super Bowl Shuffle? Not their best work. So it's always embarrassing when football players or soccer players or NBA players record a song. It's just embarrassing. I wish they wouldn't do it. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the business of football. Now, again, you can call in with anything you want to call in about. I don't care. Um, I'm going to do theme shows on how to get a job. I'm going to do theme shows about, you know, the behind the scenes of television. I'm going to do theme shows uh, down the road on college costs. 
on being 60, on being 40, on being 20. I promise you that, you know, it's not always going to be the same old, same old on this show. I like my theme shows, but I'm not supposed to call them theme shows anymore, according to management, which is personally trying to drag all the fun out of radio for me. You can get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. So today, the NFL. Let's talk about the Cowboys because they're the most valued, highest valued franchise. And someone on the live blog, and the live blog's up and running at talk910.com, talk910.com. Ask about the tax rates that players play. And I don't know if you know this, but stand-up comics and football players, every state that they do business in, they got to pay that state income tax. So it's not as easy as to say, why do they live in Nevada with no state income tax? Well, they can live in state Nevada with no state income tax, but if they don't play football games, they don't matter. And for the record, who really wants to live in Nevada? Now, the architect of the modern stadium economics and the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, he's unleashing a $1 billion stadium financed with a mix of private and public money. This monster facility, it's got over 200 suites. You can lease a suite in the new Dallas Cowboys stadium for $350,000 a year. Stadium sponsorships are going to bring in another $50 million. So these numbers are important. Because they got the television, they got the ticket, they got the licensing, they got the revenue that's shared amongst 32 teams. But the home team keeps everything from the suite and sponsorship money. The NFL's really not about how much money do they make off television. It's all about the stadium. The stadium is going to sell the naming rights. I don't know what it is yet. But since Jerry Jones made it, and he's got some crazy yellow teeth. Jerry World? Jonestown? Jerry Dome? The Bog Hog Bowl. I mean, there's some good ones, right? Six flags over Jerry. A big plus for Jerry Jones on top of this. And, you know, you're saying, Rob, I don't care about the Dallas Cowboys. But you live in the Bay Area. You see that old, decrepit Oakland Coliseum. You live in the Bay Area. You see that old, decrepit Candlestick Park. This is what it's all about. It's all about the stadiums. Around the stadium, he's got this thing called Glory Park. Now, to me, Glory Park sounds like a dirty sex place. I don't like it. But it's a residential around Dallas, Texas. It's residential retail and office complex. And it's going to keep business moving in that area all year round. So not only does he have the stadium, but he's got all the businesses right around it. So there's no reason to pity the other 31 owners, in my opinion. But the NFL is still the richest sport league out there. The average team worth over a billion dollars, like I said. The best example of how well the NFL is doing is ESPN a couple years ago. ABC said... We're going to punt. We're not going to play the Monday night football game. Too expensive. We can't do it. So ESPN, which is owned by ABC, paid double what ABC was going to pay. Are you kidding me? $1.1 billion a year for eight years. Stadium sponsorship and advertising. It's also developed into big, 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 big business in Dallas, Houston, New England, Philadelphia, Washington, generating over $20 plus million a year. NFL sponsors sank a record $1 billion into media and marketing support. Now, I don't know. Let me give you a little bit more on some of these stadiums because I think the stadium is the star. And I'll do the top 10 stadiums. And this is why we want a stadium in San Francisco. This is why you want Gavin Newsom and you want the Santa Clara and you want the Oakland and you want the San Jose people saying, we'll put up. Because it brings a huge amount of business. Now, Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is the number 10 stadium out there. This is the star of the NFL. Pulls in $224 million a year. Opened in 1998. Average ticket price, $72. 200 luxury seats. 
luxury suites. When Malcolm Glazer bought the Bucks in 95, he promised to fund half of the new stadium. The city paid for the rest. Number nine stadium in the NFL, as far as being the star player, much more important than Eli Manning. Or Peyton Manning, for that matter. But the Denver Broncos in Vesco Field. Opened in 2001. Average ticket price, $71. 124 luxury suites. Stadium capacity, 76000 Original Mile House Stadium. Now, Broncos bring in an average of $30 more ticket, plus twice the old parking fees. $3 million a year from Invesco naming the deal. That stadium pulls in $226 million. Number eight on the list, M&T Bank. Who plays there? The Baltimore Ravens. Pulls another $226 million. Average ticket price, 77 bucks. Now, desperate for a franchise, the state of Maryland, there used to be the Indianapolis Colts. They moved. Well, there used to be the Baltimore Colts. They moved to Indianapolis. And then Baltimore steals Cleveland, and then Cleveland gets another franchise. It's all so confusing. But Baltimore doesn't pay any rent on this new stadium because Maryland wanted a football team so bad because it's so important to the economy. Team's front office acquired the naming rights for just $10 million. They resold them to M&T Bank for $75 million. Next most exp- next bestest stadium, Chicago Bears. They come in at $226 million. And here's the kicker about this one. This one was built in 1924, Soldier Stadium, Soldier Field. Average ticket price, $85 plus. Whopping $632 million renovation in 2003. Super duper helped. In large part, luxury suites bring in, you know, $350 seats. That's nothing on this list. That's almost nothing. How about the Dallas, uh, not the Dallas Cowboys. How about um, the Miami Dolphins? They come in at number five, pulling in $232 million. Their stadium was opened in 1987. $1,000 to lease a seat. You have to pay... $1,000 to lease a seat before you even buy the seat. That's the most retarded. I hate these seat licenses. I hate them. What's interesting to note about the Dallas Cowboys, or oh, I keep doing that, the Miami Dolphins. Serena Williams recently became an owner. Venus Williams recently became an owner. And they have this thing where they have celebrity owners. They like it. They think it's good. Serena and Venus both live in the Miami area. They're the first female African-Americans to hold an ownership stake in an NFL franchise. But that doesn't stop there. Wayne Zynga, um, basically a big real estate billionaire, bought the Dolphins from Wayne Zynga, who started Blockbuster, who did VHS rental tapes. First partnership was with Jimmy Buffett, or as I like to say, Jimmy Buffet. But also Gloria and Emilio Estevan and Mark Anthony. Now, the Estevans were the first Cuban-American companies to hold an ownership stake Okay, number four on the list, the Philadelphia, uh, or five on the list is Philadelphia Eagles. Ah, who cares? Um, the Houston Texans comes in at number four on the list. The Houston Texans, they stink. But their stadium pulls in $239 million a year. They get $300 million to put Reliant Energy on their stadium until the year 2032. $300 million. Coming up, I got the final three most profitable NFL stadiums. The true stars of the NFL. Doesn't it piss you off that we play in Candlestick Park in Oakland Coliseum now? We don't have true stars. Take a break here. You listen to the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Ahead at noon, Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Difficulty and I'm biting on my tongue and I keep stalling and keeping it too 
I can say is true about me is that in high school, didn't we all feel feel irrelevant? And that song that you were just listening to, the Teen Kings, that's not my name. It's all about the feeling invisible of being a teenager. Even though you're the star soccer goalkeeper, at times you feel invisible. Even though you're the funniest guy in your class, you feel invisible. So yes, I, I do drown in my teenage years. It's not like, I'm not going to be like talking about my glory days. I hated high school. I'm not revisiting that. I hated college. I'm not revisiting that. Anyway, we're talking about the top three, 10 biggest stars in the NFL. And again, it's not Eli Manning or Peyton Manning. It's not Drew Brees. It's not LaDamian Tomlinson. It's not Trail Owens. It's the football stadiums and how much crazy friggin' fragging money they make. That's what it's all about for the owners. The TVs and the blackout, that's already paid to them. They don't care. It's all about the stadiums. And that's what's driving Al Davis crazy with the Oakland Raiders. They got a dumpy old stadium without enough luxury boxes. There's nothing around it. It's not a destination. I've already gone through the top 10, but I'll go through them ever so briefly with you yet again. Raymond James, that's where Tampa Bay plays. Denver Broncos and Vesco Field. The stadium brings in $225 million. M&T Bank, where the Baltimore Ravens play. Soldier Field, where the Chicago Bears play. Then you go to the Miami Dolphins. Then you get down to Lincoln Financial, where the Philadelphia Eagles play. What was that? Um, number four, Reliant Stadium. A stadium paid for by the taxpayers, and the owner gets it all. Love that. Including a $300 million to place the name of Reliant Energy on the Texas Stadium until 2032. Do you remember back in the days, 20 years ago, where stadiums weren't named? It was kind of refreshing. Do you remember how awful it was to drive up 101 and see Monster Park? It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Anyway, number three on the list is the New England Patriots and Gillette Stadium. Built in 2002, stadium revenue, $282 million. Average ticket price, $100 plus. Game day can generate so much revenue, but the Patriots developed an additional way to profit. A place called Patriot Place, $1.3 million square foot mall next to the field, where rent from anchor stores like Old Navy and Bass Pro Shops goes straight to the team's coffers. As 2008 open, merchants had already committed to 90% of the retail space. Not too sad, right? These guys are pretty smart. That's why the when the Oakland A's finally move from their dumpy stadium where it's kind of a graveyard and you see fans disguised as seats more often than you see fans, they're going to build a huge shopping center or a huge residential property around it. And it will happen. There's too much money for it not to happen. Number two on the list, most popular or most revenue-generating stadiums, the Washington Redskins. $327 million. Now, notice number four through ten on the list, they were all stuck around $230 million. Then you get to number three, and it jumps to $282 million. FedEx filled with the Washington Redskins, $327 million. 243 luxury suites. 91,000 seats in the stadium. It's the league's biggest stadium by capacity. FedEx Field boasts an unusually broad selection of first-class seats, club-level seats. Club-level seat, $2,800 each for the season. Field-level dream seats, $4,400 each. Recliners in the climate-controlled lounge level, $4,900. Are you kidding me? And the number one most profitable stadium, the Dallas Cowboys, $369 million. Only 200 luxury suites. Before Cowboy fans can pay their $340 per game 
for a club seat. They got to fork over $16,000 to $150,000 for a personal seat license. Now, it guarantees the right to buy the season tickets for 30 years. That is offensive. By September 2008, the Cowboys Club seats, their personal seat licenses, had already generated over $120 million. Nutty, right? So those are the true stars of the NFL. I got one more true star of the NFL for you. A guy named Bill Parcells. This man is worth his money. Everywhere he's gone, he's made the franchise more money. Miami Dolphins were hurting. Owner Wayne Huizenga piled $350 million in debt. Season ticket holders were 61000 in 2006. Down from down to forty seven thousand in two thousand eight, Dolphins couldn't scare a win in the year two thousand seven. They went one in fifteen. Izinga was looking to sell the team that he had bought in nineteen ninety four for one hundred thirty eight million. How to fix the franchise? He brought in a, a a franchise sharpie. He brought in Bill Parcells. He picked the prickly former Dallas Cowboy coach in two thousand seven to take control, and basically gave the the guy the who's got this profile and personality of a pit bull. The keys to run the franchise. And he did a good job. Turned around the Cowboys or turned around the Dolphins in under a year. Now, with the Patriots, the Jets, and the Cowboys have gaining over a billion dollars in value over the years when he coached them. His incremental value that he adds to each team, $300 million. His Inga was a smart guy by bringing him in. We looked at it and we were like, director of player personnel, like, that's almost crazy. $16 million for a four-year deal? To increase the value by $300 million. That's a man who's worth his paycheck. I would pay Bill Parcells to come hang out with me. Come hang out in my business dealings. Come hang out with me in radio. You'd see my salary go up because where he goes, he makes money. Now, here's the investment lesson there. Any stock that you buy, they've got a CEO, a COO, a CFO. They've got a board of directors. Look at those people and figure out... In their history, did they make money? In their history, have they been good to shareholders? It's important that you see these things, that, that success or failure starts at the top. Each calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. You're listening. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You can jump online. During the commercial breaks, I jump online. I'm one of you. I joined the Talk910.com live blog experience. While you're there, you can see... The sexy and fantastic Jen and Heidi, who basically are the, the the man behind the curtains, pulling all the levers, making the show sound right. We got that's right, a, a Heidi cam. I don't know how I feel about that. It feels a little sexist to me, but that's what it is for now. It's a Heidi and Jen cam. You can find it at talk910.com, talk910.com, and I'll interact with you there. Keep in mind, you're listening to the Rob Black Show. Talk, no, 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 no. Dump that. Let's go back in history. You're listening to The Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. You're listening to Rob Black, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Heidi's dancing 
Talk910.com. It's here on the blog page. It's kind of cute. It is Aloha Friday, and damn it, I'm not going to work tomorrow or Sunday. And I appreciate that. But I will be back to work on Monday. One of the things I'm going to do in upcoming shows is I'm going to talk about some more topical issues. It's a management-pushed initiative. I'm going to talk about, ooh, what's coming up on the fall TV lineup. But I'll do it with my money business twist that no one else can do. The big bloated gilt gross at, at KGO, I challenge you to come up with an initial original thought that's not coming from a press release. I want to kick Ron Owens. For some reason, I just want to kick him in his belly. He's too good at what he does. I just wish he would die. Because I then could be the radio entertainer of the year in the Bay Area. As long as he's alive, I don't have a chance. I'm not as sophisticated. Anyway, I'm talking NFL today. I'm talking NFL, the National Football League, ticker symbol, nothing. It's not direct business, it's indirect business. But you know what? You get together with your buddies, you get together with your pals, you drink some beers at a bar, you tip a waitress, you go home and you get a DUI, the state makes money off you. Football is big business. And some of the business in it is, is subtle, some of it's not. But you know who I discovered could be some of the worst investors of all time? They're lottery winners. They're six foot six and they could do a, a 440. They could fly down the field. 60% of retired basketball players go broke in five years. 78% of football players go broke in two years after retirement. Did you hear that stat? 78% of football players go broke in two years. Athletes are forced to sell their homes, their championship rings, they file for bankruptcy. Bad investments. That's typically what it's all about, but it's more than that. I'll go into it. Drew Bledsoe. He is a pretty smart quarterback for the Patriots, I believe. He ventured into a pay-by-touch technology, which would replace credit cards with fingerprints. The company was sketchy, riddled with legal issues, closed down. Mushan Muhammad, I think he was a wide receiver. He had to sell his mansion on eBay when his company was being sued for late credit card payments. It was just an entertainment company that he got into. Major League Baseball's Mike Pelfrey. He's a Texas financier. Um, tied towards Robert Allen, Stanford. $8 billion fraud. So Mike Pelfrey, one of baseball, Major League Baseball's players, lost 99% of his fortune because he trusted someone. One person with 99% of his money. The NFL's Rajib Rocket Ishmael, he made a religious movie. He did Rock and Roll Cafe, bought a company called Cause Records and Cosmetics. He started a framed calligraphy name shop, which to me just has the, the mental fortitude of mush. A framed calligraphy name shop? Come on. Calligraphy's lame in the first place. People who learn calligraphy are even lamer. People who like calligraphy are the lamest of the lame. Anyway, Rajiv Rocket Ismail, all were flops, million dollars up in smoke. Mike Vick, ho, ho, ho. Let's not even get into his bad dog issues. How about a car rental dealership, real estate investments, a wine shop? Six million dollars in the hole. Got into Chapter 11 bankruptcy, mansion on the market. Now, again, the illegal dog fighting pretty much so killed his endorsement deals for a while. For a while. We're a nation that forgives. Tory Hunter, baseball player. He started a new inflatable raft invention. I can't make this up. An invention that you place under your furniture that if there's a flood, it inflates. So if your house gets flooded, the furniture psh, 
a raft appears underneath it. $70,000 gone for these rubber dinghies. <laughs> he just got a $90 million contract. We're not going to cry for him. 78% of football players go broke within two years. Why? Frivolous spending. Athletes in the big leagues spend like their gargantuan, you know, gargantuan leagues. Mansions, cars, jewelry, clothes. They're bought at an absurd level during the peak earning period, which again is typically over in three years. So when you're 22 years old and you're getting checks of $500,000 every two weeks, you think it's going to last. It doesn't. You get a $10 million home, 10 cars at $125,000 a piece. You own a fancy restaurant, ka-chunk, it goes down. How about misplaced trust of some of these players? As soon as these new professional athletes sign their names on the dotted line, they're surrounded by vultures. The disguise of investors, financial advisors, even friends and family to help tell, tell them, I'll protect your money. Between 1999 and 2002, $42 million was lost by approximately 78 NFL players who trusted crooked financial advisors. That's nuts, right? Some of the financial managers would charge $100,000 to prepare their taxes. Now, that's just nuts. Divorce, a lot of professional athletes, they get married, they divorce. Between 60 and 80% of professional athletic marriages end in divorce. My advice if you're a professional athlete, don't get married. No athlete in history understands the financial cost of divorce like... Who was just named to the NBA Hall of Fame? Michael Jordan. When all was said and done, he gave his ex-wife Juanita $168 million. That's the worst divorce of all time ahead of Neil Diamond and Steven Spielberg. Jordan didn't waste all his money on things like inflatable rafts and shady investment deals. So while the settlement is indeed huge, he still has got money. We're not going to feel bad for him, but in American divorce law... $168 million went to Juanita. How about children? Professional athletes? Well, let's just say they love banging without the rubbers. Diapers for one baby is expensive. Professional athletes have a reputation for making babies with different mothers, baby mama. Monthly child support adds up. Boxer Evander Hollyfield, for instance. He made over $200 million during his boxing He's being sued for missing the $3,000 month payment for one of his 11 children. 11 kids. What's wrong with people? His $10 million home, it's up in auction and due to foreclose. NBA's Kenny Anderson, seven children, five different mamas, three girlfriends and two wives. Of these women divorced, Kenny, and won nearly half of his assets close to $10,000 in child support. License plate on her car reads, his cash. Gotta love it when there's a sense of humor. <laughs> Sean Kemp, seven kids, six women. NFL's Travis Henry, nine women, nine kids. $3,000 a pop in monthly child support payments, equivalent to what some people make in a year. Another reason NFL players and professional athletes go bankrupt is the entourage. You win the lottery, you hire friends. You hire job, you know, accountants, lawyers, marketing managers. You hire bodyguards. A lot of athletes turn to former NBA legend Magic Johnson for business advice, and he'll literally hang up on them if they've hired a friend or family member to handle their affairs. Magic Johnson's done pretty good. Keep in mind, friends and family are lovely and nice, but they come out of the woodwork when you have millions and millions and millions of dollars. That about does it for my NFL professional athlete show. I appreciate everyone being cool and letting me stretch my legs with different content tied towards business. And I hope you got some investment advice out of it in some way, shape, or form. I want to tie up one last story because I think this is worthy of note. 
And this is more investment oriented, tied towards stocks and tied towards, you know, be obvious in, in how you invest your money. There's a headline today in Yahoo that says the long awaited turnaround of Sears may never happen. Why? Because Sears has sucked since I was a kid. JCPenney's has been awful since I was a kid. Back in the 80s, if my mom took me to Sears or JCPenney's to buy clothes, I was ashamed. I walked through the store with my head dragging down. Anything but this. Anything but this. Sears has been trying to turn around for years and years. And they got this chairman, a guy named Eddie Lampert. For some reason, for some reason, CNBC, Jim Cramer loves this guy. I think Jim Cramer has a man crush on him, a bromance going on. Called him the next Warren Buffett. That's ludicrous. That's insanity. So anyway, Lambert took over Kmart and he took over Sears. And he's basically run them into the ground. He hasn't put any money into these stores. And they look terrible. And he hasn't put any money into management. And they don't have good clothes or good, good stuff in their stores. There's an investment lesson there. Success or failure always starts at the top. Keep in mind, if you like what I do, you can find me online, talk910.com, talk910.com. I do want you to stay around, listen to Glenn Beck. I do want you to stay around, listen to John and Ken. I think you're going to learn some stuff. I think you're going to get some good insight. I don't think you're going to get the same old rhetoric. 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.